post-match show. Defeat for Ten Hag after a winning run. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, are you are you are you in mourning? You're wearing a black armband, you know, given the <laughs> events of today. I haven't got one on, but I am. I'm, I'm no royalist, but I am weirded out by the whole situation. It's just been very very strange because i think at like 12 o'clock today we kind of knew it was kind of coming to a abrupt end and then yeah it's the whole the whole coverage around united was really weird as well like we didn't have any pundits before the game we didn't have yeah. any pundits at half time i mean i guess the last thing we want to hear is paul skulls giving his hot take on on the queen's death so it's probably a good idea to to not not do that but um mind yeah, you i would have, very I would have liked roy Keane's hot take on the queen's death i mean that would have been worth listening to <laughs> would have been very so, interesting i mean I don't, I don't mean to be too glib but 96 year old dies it does does kind of happen doesn't it and uh, yeah so it'd be interesting what happens with football at the weekend because there's a lot of talk obviously about fixtures being cancelled tonight's game wasn't i mean i guess confirmation came through only a couple hours before kickoff so it would have been pretty tough on the the people who are going to to do that the weekend games i guess are going to be cancelled although there doesn't actually be a, appear to be precedent for that so we'll see what happens with that yeah i think from what i was reading today because like i said from about 12 o'clock that we kind of knew something big was happening i read the the article from 2017 by sam knight in the guardian about what would happen when the queen dies and I think right. in that article it said that when Princess Diana died, actually all the games were cancelled that weekend. So That's guess, true. And also, yes. like the, the country's become a lot more mawkish and overly yeah. sentimental, and have has this weird obsession with respect. And I think that they will do postpone the games out of respect. But I don't really understand what that truly means. Like I say, I'm no royalist, and I don't want to be glib myself. Or, but I don't really know. Is it respectful not to have football matches on a Saturday and Sunday? I don't understand it. I mean, like, I can kind of understand, I guess, not clashing with the funeral, which will be in a week and a half's time or something. Yeah. That I can kind of get. But are pubs closed? Are restaurants closed? Are other businesses shutting down? Are the films not showing in the cinemas? Are they going to turn the TV off? I mean, like, why why football in particular mm. needs to stop out of respect? And what respect is it? showing as to your point really yeah i I mean i'd like again like not being a total dick here only a little little bit of a dick but (laughs) but really what is it that is the mark of respect by not playing a game i don't know and and you think actually it the outpouring of respect that would happen at football like i say as we have kind of become obsessed with respect in football these days with especially when it comes to November time with the poppy and how over sure. the top some teams go with that like especially Leicester and and a few Premier League teams especially with those in London you think that they'd actually go all out this weekend as a sign of respect rather than yeah postponing all the games I don't really understand that and also to be a bit more pragmatic about it it's also going to cause a nightmare yeah hold up and I think from what I, I I think that the funeral is going to be held usually nine to 10 days and 10 days, I think is going to be be a weekend could be on that Sunday where United is supposed to lead. So we could maybe end up getting two games postponed. (laughs) There's no room for it. I mean, look, it's like every week until 
the World Cup, basically. We'll be playing in the World Cup. Well, that won't be happening, but... Yeah, I might have to play two games on the same day. Uh, I mean, I guess some of the players were not playing as a mark of respect tonight, uh, given how uh, mm. terrible United's performance was for much of this game. Ronaldo certainly was... He didn't, he didn't want to celebrate, so he didn't stick the ball in the net <laughs> with the 37 chances he got tonight. Anyway, I guess a big talking point, really. I mean, like, United weren't very good, and, and I suppose that's not a surprise, given there were changes and so on and so on. But the big talking point is the penalty, which mm. is... I know we talk, I know it's so boring, isn't it? But God almighty, that was just like one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Yeah. And then backed up by the video ref. Yeah. What can you say, really? It's it's not even one you can really, it's not even one to really debate because it was so obviously not a penalty. My only kind of thing in my head was, what, what is the rule? Like how how can that be given? Because I, I just don't understand it. Because yeah. it's so natural obvious. silhouette. I, so I mean, I, I, short of amputating his arms, mm. I don't know how more natural you can be when trying to make a block. Yeah, right. He's he's trying to tuck his arms away. It's come off his knee. I like at short range, like every single factor says no penalty on their own, all combined is double. They even gave out guidance in La Liga, which loves a penalty, which said if it comes off another part of the body, it's not handball. I just, I, I can't, I can't. I, I mean, I was looking for the usual suspects on Twitter to try and find the nonsense mm. explanation for why this is a handball. I'm sure some Liverpool fans have like created a graph <laughs> or something. Yeah. To explain it, but uh, yeah, just so bad. I mean, look, it's not the big picture. Obviously, the big picture is United just weren't very good, didn't create enough chances, couldn't move the ball once Ericsson went off. Mm-hmm. Had this weird experiment with Fred playing at number ten, which mm. <laughs> yeah, let's let's. I mean, yeah, let's just put that down to to Ten Hag smoking something beforehand. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. With the penalty, like the the only other thing he can do is not dive into the block. That's the only way that you can stop that. I, I actually played in a game where I got sent off on for a handball on the line and the referee told me I shouldn't have dived to, to make the block, and which I thought was completely preposterous, which is obviously at my level, the refs aren't very good, but that's the only thing that crossed into my mind is like the only thing that he can do there to stop it being a handball is not fly into the challenge because it was like he said like you say it's literally hit his leg onto his arm but, but are you saying nothing... you cannot you can't dive into a challenge anymore well, you, you can't, can't you make can. it just makes no sense it makes no sense does it no, i mean no, there's no, no. another one that martinez cleared i can't remember before or after which was a, oh, just after i think just before either one one <laughs> of the two in which he made a last-ditch sort of flying tackle to clear the ball away, mm-hmm. which was a, a great clearance. Mm-hmm. There, there he that was, was diving. Or if the ball had been yeah. aimed near his le- his arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I thought Martin I mean, was class when he came on as well. Like, the way he took he was, the ball yeah. out of defence again, as as he always does. There was one in, in particular where he, he drove through the centre midfield and played an outside-of-the-ball pass in behind the defender to Fred, like... He's so good, and it's yeah, it's a shame for him as well, on a personal level, that, that he was 
to give that handball away, but I'm sure it won't matter to him because he doesn't seem like the type. And also, it was literally nothing he could have done about it. It was a great block. Actually, it was a great block. Yeah, exactly what you need from mm-hmm. the, d- the defender in that situation. And you would hope that it, I'm sure it won't af- affect him and affect no. how he performs in future. But but what else you get? You get, if if you don't get that kind of attempted block, you get Van Dyke versus United when mm-hmm. Sancho made him look silly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> standing still, putting your arms behind your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I just, uh, sh- shocking, I tell you. I mean, look, given the quality of the the group, I mean, which is okay, but not great. United really ought to qualify either way, I mean, even if, I mean, they should be able to qualify with nine points, I imagine. But it's still, it's not, it's not a great start to the Europa League campaign, which should be a tournament United are looking at winning and, and sort of just breaks up the momentum we've built. Mm-hmm. Just one thing on that penalty. I've got a question for you. Do you? Yeah. Were you surprised that it wasn't overturned? Because I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't surprised because one that VAR is so weird. And I don't really understand the rules anymore. And also in Europe, the rules seem we seem to be different as well. So like, I wasn't even that surprised that it didn't get overturned, despite how ridiculous it was was to give a penalty. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose in a sense, I mean, as soon as it happened, I saw it and thought, okay, well, this has got to be chalked off, mm-hmm. clearly. It's so obvious. You couldn't possibly, just like with all the guidance that had been going around, which I'm sure had mentioned coming off other parts of the body yeah. and arms in natural silhouette. I mean, there was even yeah. those like silhouettes of a human mm-hmm. to show you what a natural silhouette looks like yeah <laughs> so so in a sense I, I was surprised but of course yeah the bar has been set very high for overturning it but but what is it that can be overturned if this is not overturned i, yeah. I, 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 I don't know it, it's just it's just ridiculous like michael Antonio came out to the loads of people have come out and said just scrap var i would I, just, I think it's just completely preposterous. I know, I know. Well, you still know, get the errors. Well, the right, thing is, so... yeah, because the error obviously happened today, but it didn't get overturned anyway. And then it, you're getting as many mistakes as you were before VAR. And then you've also got the fact that that stops momentum in in the game. Like it, it, it takes a, a lot of the fun out of the game. Obviously, at, well, yeah, week, at the weekend, we saw it we the probably, weekend. Yeah, we'd have probably lost yeah. that game actually if, without VAR, but then it kind of evens itself out throughout the season or, or whatever. But it's I, I, I just find it a nightmare. And then when you also ce- celebrate a goal you in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh, did did that was that offside or was there a foul in the lead up? Blah, 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 blah. I, I would decide I think it's way too far gone to to actually for it to go, but it's it's just it's yeah, just it, so it won't. annoying. I mean, the the authorities are trying to double down on it by by bringing in Arsene Wenger's sort of automatic offside machine or mm-hmm. semi-automatic. I like to say semi-automatic to the VAR sometimes, I think. But but so the Premier League match officials board, whose name PGMOL, came out with some stats a while back saying that 84% of decisions were made correctly prior to VAR and now it's 92% or something like that to show that there'd been an uplift in the number of correct decisions based on their analysis because of VAR. And I guess the question is, we 
like we should get away from the the kind of media driven controversy because mm-hmm. like it's not going to change if you scrap VAR now the analysis after the game will be about the 15 or 16 percent of decisions that are made incorrectly by the human referee yeah, without a video so it's not going to make any difference there's still going to be controversy and debate and outrage fueled and questions asked of the managers and all of that so is the eight to ten percent of increased correct decisions worth the trade-off which is can i celebrate this as a goal are you going to kill the fun Mm -hmm. is it in the spirit of the game are you going to make the right decision anyway or and are we going to spend 15 minutes of our podcast talking about bloody var yeah i know know. yeah I, i hate talking about it as well but just sometimes when you see it on on a night like tonight where it is it's just so blatantly not a penalty and it costs us and it puts us in a bit of an awkward position for this for this group like you say it kills momentum it's hard not to just bemoan it and talk about it i'm not going to sit and create a graph and look at where every single referee in europe is born like that weird bloke on arsenal twitter <laughs> but yeah, I will have a little bit of a rant about it today because it's just it's just annoying me, obviously. Italian, I think the referees were. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, given, given, given the Italians and the Spanish have had <laughs> shared history since Roman times, oh, I think it's. Mm, I think that, there's some obvious bias there. Yeah, that is very interesting, actually, isn't it? And the language is very similar as well, so with the hidden messages yeah. being communicated uh, i don't yeah. i don't know I th- I, almost certainly yeah I, i'm gonna draw a graph yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna um, spend the rest of my night one grieving over the queen and then two spending my night trying to yeah well draw graphs on twitter great maybe after that you can lose your virginity as well so. mm, i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> dear <laughs> me anyway <laughs> I guess we can talk about some of the players. I mean, it was who came in? Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire, the dynamic duo, came in at the back. Neither particularly good. How could Harry Maguire let this happen on the Queen on the Queen's death day? True patriot. He's he's the only Englishman on the pitch as well. So that is disgusting. Yeah, it is. I mean, Maguire should hang his head in shame, Mm -hmm. as well as just hanging his head. Maybe that's it. Maybe he was mourning the whole game. Yeah. I mean, anyway, he wasn't particularly horrendous. No, he wasn't. Casemiro, had, I mean, I don't know. He feels like he's a little bit off the pace still, doesn't Ooh, he? Oh, yeah, he does. Give the ball away a few times. I, I felt that in the in the first couple of games that he's came on, he's looked a bit off it, and which is like, I guess you can understand it a little bit, playing new to the Premier League, as they always say. Oh, it's different coming into the Premier League and, and coming off the bench. It's a little bit different, but I really wanted to see him impose himself on the game and show his real quality today. Someone said to me on Twitter this evening that I'm sure it's very different just passing the ball to, to Modric and Cruz every time you get it. And I think that's completely fair as well. But I think I'm hoping, I'm not wanting to get too concerned about that right now because it's very early days, but there is a part of me that is a little bit worried. It's, oh, it's hard not to be worried about our transfer policy really but yeah he's, he's just yeah like you say he just looks a little bit off at the moment and not his classy self yeah i i mean that integration into the team wasn't really the thing that worried me most it's more like two years down the line mm-hmm. you know would 70 million look like something of a millstone on a, around a 
32 year old's neck yeah where he's especially in central midfield where you need to be kind of done that dynamic and we've seen this happen with with Nematic and so on anyway that was my concern not the integration but he has definitely taken a little bit of time and and anyway not not that surprising really and and I guess the other thing that that was kind of oh well Ronaldo came back into the team I guess I can't help myself but feel fairly sarcastic about his performance <laughs> his, his was pretty dreadful <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. That I Ronaldo obviously was a problem last season in 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 a few different ways, but this season I feel like he's just become old overnight. Like he was still he still showed his class and quality at, a lot of times last year. But sure. but now like and maybe I don't want to get get ahead of myself because it's only he's only his second start and he's come on I think three times. But it just, it just looks so off it, like physically, and and he's trying. Like I said on Twitter again, like he he doesn't know his limitations. He's he's still he's still playing like he thinks he's thirty. He's trying to beat players with his pace. He's trying, yeah, little flicks and or or like a drop of a shoulder, but. People are too strong and too too quick for him at the moment. And even his great header, which was great, was preceded by a moment of laziness where he could have easily got back onside and headed that goal in and it would have made it 1-0. And his game from there might have been different. His next few games might be different, but he just yeah, was standing about. Like he does a lot. Like he, he does that too yeah. much. Obviously, I mean, I I think he needs to adapt to his physical physical age, his age, mm-hmm. and his physical age uh, by just staying within the width of the width of the goalposts uh, and uh, and trying to. I mean, he's got to stay on side, but trying to take every advantage he can. Um, but he's he's clearly not got that any of the pace that he once had. Can't beat a player, as you said. So what's the point in trying? Uh, and good good header for the offside but yeah it doesn't count if you're offside mm-hmm. like if you bowl a no ball in cricket it's never going to be out mm-hmm. yeah. so so yeah it's just not a great not a great performance obviously he's going to be rusty because he's been on strike <laughs> uh, for weeks over the summer and and like opted himself out of the team mm-hmm. anyway whenever football does come back whether it's the weekend or after that, I'm not sure if he'll be in the team. Although I suppose United's next game might be the next Europa League game mm-hmm. a week from today. Yeah, because that's not going to be if, called if off, there's no it? weekend football. Yeah. No, and, and United are away from home as well. So it was interesting that the as part of the the morning, the Europa League anthem was not played, so Ronaldo did not have to stand there and listen to it and sing along with a tear in his eye, given it was his debut in the competition. Yeah, proud moment for him. Proud moment indeed. Yeah, I'm sure he's feeling that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, United had 15 shots, three of which were on target, which kind of gives you the story of the game, really, part, at least part of it. And and I, 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 the bigger part of the game, I guess, is is after Ericsson went off, United just were unable to keep the ball. Mm-hmm. He's best passer in the side. And and that's the that's my fear for our system in general. Really, I think we're playing very like when we've got the first team out and we're playing with the intensity that we didn't play with tonight. We we do look a very good side. But my fear, one of my big fears, is is what happens when when Ericsson is not there, 
because there's no like for like replacement in the squads. Like there's no, I don't think particularly, well, I was skeptical about Ericsson's controlling ability in, in preseason, but from his, what he's produced so far, he's done really, really well. And obviously playing a little bit higher up as well, but who, who comes in to do that same job when, when he is injured or, or yeah, suspended or not fit or or whatever like or he loses a little bit of form the person who replaces him is nowhere near going to be the same level because we've seen how impactful he has been already and I didn't think this would be the case like just his progressive passing and his his vision his ability to play passes so fast like no one else has that ability with the cleanliness that Ericsson does have like Bruno I think has a lot of those qualities but he's he doesn't have the yeah the cleanliness and and the yeah and the intelligence i don't think especially in that that deeper role there's there's no one else who does it so that's going to be a big miss and i think it was kind of a a small encapsulation of of what may happen in in later in the season just what we saw today in the second half yeah i I mean i think is exactly right because the options are Scott McTominay, Casemiro, and Fred, mm-hmm. and none of them are controllers. Mm-hmm. Like Casemiro is neat enough with his passing, but he's not very progressive with it. Mm-hmm. Fred is all over the place, and we know Scott McTominay his his strength is his energy and his running, and not his passing. So United are going to have real problems. And and, and Ericsson, it's pretty much the first time in his career that he's played this deep. Mm-hmm. I mean times at Brentford last season but actually a lot of the time in the front three mm. off the left hand side and and so it's an experiment because United didn't get De Jong or another controlling midfielder and uh, it, there's going to be a lot of reliance I mean he, he's played a lot of minutes there was some surprise he was in the team yeah but we kind of kind of see why he's in the team because without that passing there's a big gaping hole between the back four and the, and the front four um, and United just can't progress the ball. So as we saw much of last season. Mm, and that's what you think with with the signing of Casemiro. I think we needed a destroyer like him, but I didn't I didn't think ever think that that was the the more preferential of the two that we needed in midfield. And, and obviously we did sign Ericsson, but I don't think we signed him to be a controller, even though he is going to be we definitely didn't because we was we were desperate for the young for so long yeah and but we have kind of two i wouldn't say this they're destroyers like mctominy and fred they're better as destroyers certainly than they are as controllers yeah it's, it's just a little bit frustrating that we we haven't signed someone to be yeah, to be the control, the better controller, you'd think ahead of Ericsson, but Ericsson has done very well so far. But yeah, and and, and that will come back to bite us because we can't play the same system that Ten Hag wants and that Ten Hag will get the best of without that. Like it's going to really yeah. fall apart with without him in the side. I, I mean, I think that's yeah, absolutely. That it, it, it's going to be a big problem. But it's, it was the weakness and, and the two decisions to spend the money on Casemiro and Anthony, 170 mm. million euros worth of spending. They may well be fine players, but that was at the expense of not getting that controlling midfielder, not getting a central fo- forward, although it looks like Ronaldo, Anthony Martial and, and Marcus Rashford will share that 
duty this season and not getting a right back. So and and maybe not getting a goalkeeper too. We'll see mm. how much that costs United. So that's the trade-off. I mean, it feels like a big trade-off. And certainly Ten Hag has shown his flexibility, I think, in, in terms of his tactical approach. He's not like wedded to his philosophy so much that he, he couldn't take on a slightly more defensive mindset against Liverpool and then a control and break against Arsenal. And, mm-hmm. and, and United will just have to be flexible because of those weaknesses. And every single manager since Ferguson has had to make those trade-offs. Yeah. Always. It's just an interesting it's an interesting time with the biggest summer spend ever. Although of course most of that came in the last week of the transfer window. Mm. United has still got holes, but that's where we got to. It's interesting that um, we didn't sign Arta. I think I mentioned him on the pod when we were talking about Rabio that I was I was wondering why we didn't go for Arta. You did, yeah. And Obviously, Liverpool ended up getting him on the last day. Not that Liverpool are in the greatest position at the moment and they've made a signing in Nunes who may or not be may or may not be the, the the man. But when he goes when a player like that does go to Liverpool, you think, why couldn't we get him? Because and I and I know he's not been fit that often, but he would have been a nice and a great backup, I think, for Ericsson to be to be that controller in midfield. So I was a little bit disappointed when we didn't well, especially when he goes to Liverpool, but hopefully it'll turn yeah. out to be a terrible signing for them. Well, I, I think he's going to be back up to Thiago mm-hmm. anyway, and that, that seems to be the plan. And Thiago's not fit enough mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, Arthur I always saw as a very good on the ball, not very good off the ball. And of course, then he's had his injury problems and then all the financial shenanigans. But I suppose that's not his his fault yeah. that Juve in Barcelona came up with some ridiculous numbers <laughs> for, for for reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, like it, it, it's it's going to cost us. Cost us tonight. United have been beaten as a result, and now there are five games to make sure get enough points against Sheriff Ammonia Nicosia and and the away game in San Sebastian. Yeah. Which which I already previewed on the last pod because I totally forgot which way the fixtures were. <laughs> And and so it went on a long a long soliloquy about how nice San Sebastian is because it's a beautiful city. So some some of you will have heard that. Some of you will have got the edited version, in which I cut all of that out. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to go there during COVID actually because the the Euro game was supposed to uh, the Euros was supposed to be held in Bilbao. I think they were held in Bilbao, or were they changed? And oh, yeah, I was supposed to say in San Sebastian for that, but Celavi. Yes, I don't think that happened in Bilbao. Yeah, yeah where did it get moved? Another nice city. Moved to Dublin. Can't, I don't, can't I remember. remember. Yeah, I can't even remember. It was something to do with Spanish COVID mm. regulations or something like that, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I, I'm getting old. My memory is failing me. Yes, on all of this stuff. Mm. Apparently, Nacho came on the seventieth minute. I, it's nice. I mean, I kind of, in a sense, I'd like him to start because I think his ceiling's higher than Alanga's. But he came on for Alanga after seventy minutes, and and. Some nice moments, just the positivity and the ability to drive at players. Had one shot that went over, perhaps could have controlled it better. Yeah. Dare I say that he is a cleaner dribbler than Anthony, from, in my opinion. You may dare say it. I'm I'm very sceptical about Anthony, but I won't go into it. But yeah, I I, I love the way that, with, with, with Garnaccio, I feel like, so many of his touches work out the way that he wants them to. And when you when I watch Anthony dribble, I, I don't think that 
they kind of go away from his body in a way that you think, oh, that was a bad touch. That was a bad touch. Whereas Garnacho is so fluid when he drives with the ball. And that's what excites me most about him. And yeah, he's got he's such a great attitude. I, I agree that I think his high, ceiling is higher than Alanga. But I think I thought Alanga did okay today. Beat his man a couple of times. Yeah, and he's he? just so fast, isn't he? It's just I think this maybe just slowing him, slowing his brain down when he gets into those final third positions. There was one where he beat the the right back on the outside and then pulled it back with his left foot, and it was just behind Fred. And yeah, that final ball isn't always there with Alanga, but I think to say he's twenty, there's there's so much there for, with him, and I, and I think sometimes people do get on his back a little bit too much. For, for someone so young but yeah Garnacho is is I think going to be on another level and I hope that Anthony's presence now in in the squad is not it doesn't mean that his playing time will be hampered a little bit more this season which I think it might be but and also yeah. the fact that we lost today and we there'd be like a couple of a couple of games we really need to win now to get through the Europa League group we still should be fine because the group isn't very good but yeah, it might hamper his playing time a little bit. But I'm just, I just, I just like seeing him play because he's so, because he's so exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally agreeing. I really hope he does get some time this season, and the Europa League is the one where he should get more time because you don't know how many games you're going to get in the the Carling Cup, Milk Cup, mm-hmm. Rumbleos Cup. What's it called these days? League Cup, Carabao. One of those. Carabao, yeah, that lovely drink. Never had it. No, neither I. And uh, no, uh, as as I was, I had to have a filling in a tooth yesterday. Always a lovely experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, "Do you drink energy drinks?" I was like, "No, I don't. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Stop getting on my back." Really good for you. Anyway, yeah, they are. Anyway, I really hope Garnacho gets some game time. Of course, it'd be classic United for him to get lots of game time really break into the team and lose him on a free this summer because they still haven't got him pegged down to a new contract. God. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be surprised about that. I think not. I think back to that, the Pogba situation and how good he knew he was back then and how good he was back then. I think that Garnacho probably has a similar mentality. And I imagine the people around him also tell him how good he is. He's got that. And he should be getting yeah. game time. And he should be getting game time because he's way too good for the under-23s. He'll do him no good at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. The standard is the standard's fine, or the under-21s, sorry. They've, they've, I was going to say rebranded, but they've changed the rules slightly. It's, I mean, it just makes the, the gap even bigger mm. between that. And, and it's supposed to be the loan system that helps out, but he's not got a loan. So he'll be playing not very many games of under-21 football mm. because there aren't very many games. And if he's not going to be playing enough in the Europa League, then he won't get many games and this will be a year of being static and he probably will get frustrated by that. He's really going to have to buy into Ten Hag telling him that he's got an opportunity. And of course, he did get an opportunity. So we could be reading too much into it that he only got 20 minutes today. Anyway, I do want him to get some game time and I do want them to give him a new contract because they're going to lose him for nothing or a very small... Atleti got like 500 thousand or something when we stole him off them mm-hmm. so that's about what united will get if if he leaves this summer for nothing and you think that the likes of real madrid or barcelona someone like barcelona who seemed to would i think be very interested in that type of player 
because yeah. he he is Spanish. He, he he was born in Spain. He grew up in Spain. I'm sure that he'd can play for Spain or Argentina. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd be more than I think he'd be delighted if that if one of those two teams, like one of those two big giants, came in for him and offered him playing time, even if they weren't going to give it him because. Yeah, obviously that that that, reson- that will resonate with him massively. So I, I think I really think it's a big fear that we could end up losing him, which is which would be a nightmare. And especially if he turns out to be amazing, or we buy him back yeah. in like five years' time for ninety million and then let him go on a free again. I don't think that's happened before, though. When when we would we have ever done no. that? All right, I guess that's it for this game. Palace at the weekend. I, I don't know. It's worth previewing it because there's other stuff going on at the palace i'd be oh nice yeah and we also played look at that we also played the royals today so it's kind of one for the for the queen royal yeah well exactly real sociedad translates to royal society there we go yeah did them a favor i'd be astounded if the game's on this weekend to be fair out of respect obviously yeah so the next game after that, again, yeah, I'd be really surprised. I, I mean, the, the Premier League is a very political organisation, so they'll probably take their guidance from mm-hmm. media coverage and government guidance. The government won't tell them either way, but media coverage may well do. So after that, and since we probably won't have a pod at the weekend, FC Sheriff. What do you know about FC Sheriff then? Who are their best players? I do not know. They used to have a guy called Adama Traore who was very good for them last season who left. I think they got Vincent Till. Does he still play for them? Scored a screamer against Real Madrid last season when they beat them in the Champions League. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Sheriff, which may sound absolutely ridiculous, but it's true. They they play football in Transnitria. Yeah. So the little yeah. little state in State within the state. state yeah, yeah, state within Moldova apparently like the whole place is supposed to look like USSR in 1985 and they've just not moved with the times they uh, they, yeah they're not recognized by anyone outside of I think Russia I think they are recognized by Russia but they don't play they're not playing the games in Transnistria because of the Ukraine war so they're all in Chisnau in Moldova but it sounds like a very fascinating place to visit very weird I think there's extreme poverty in that part of the world as well sadly but yeah, but then the football team's just owned by loads of gangsters from Transnistria. So I think most of, most <laughs> yeah, of the and it's society incredible. and the money yeah. go in Transnistria just goes to to this random, very good for the area football team. There's a, I think I mentioned it on last week's pod, actually, the piece in The Athletic from about a year ago, mm. coinciding with their fixtures against Real Madrid. They're going into his long read. It's well worth it's it. It's really good, yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. Going into their yeah their owners and situation in the, in the country slash enclave and yeah, exactly how much of, how, how, how gangster-like they are and the romantic notion of them being somewhat dispelled. So, I mean, I'm looking through the squad here. I, yeah, it's I mean, ve- as much as I it's like very to be, multicultural, a, isn't it? A, it, it is very. We've got players from Ghana, Nigeria, Guinea, Ukraine, Brazil, France, Portugal, Bosnia, Croatia. You see, and two I, Moldovans I, I'm, are I'm, both keepers in the whole squad. I'm doing this. Just off the flags, by the way. Albania, that is Mozambique. Trinidad and Tobago. I think. Ivory Coast. Uruguay. Wow. Ah, see. I, I, when I was a kid, I was actually very good at naming, doing flags. I was a bit obsessed with flags and capital cities. <laughs> so I learned many of them. So I'm still pretty it good at It is very that. good in the football um, game. That and maths, it teaches you. Yeah. 
very good for both. Yeah. So anyway, just just to say, I really don't know any of these players, but I can tell you what the country they're from. <laughs> And you'd you'd expect United to be much much stronger, but you said it's being played in Chis now, so I I, like, yeah. I I don't know how much of a United following will be going over there. I, I suspect a fair few of the lads will be giving it a go. Yes, want to take um, off? We'll probably get a talk of the devils pod with Andy Mitten on a train somewhere, <laughs> which yeah, which tends to happen. And hopefully United win because we kind of need it now. Yeah, we really do. You I mean? If we don't win, that I mean, surely we will beat them. I don't know. How, how did they get on tonight? So let's have a quick look. They won 3-0 against Ammonia Nicosia. Well, that is Neil Lennon's Ammonia Nicosia, so you can't be too surprised about that. But, yeah. well, Top coach, top, top coach, Neil Lennon. Yeah. Where'd you go after you failed in, in Cyprus? Cypriot football? Malta? Malta? Yeah. They speak English in Malta, don't they? I think. It's Malta. So. No, 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 no. Sorry. So maybe, maybe it's no, Cyprus. From, you go yeah, to Malta yeah, from Cyprus. Yeah, I think maybe it's the or to the, the Australia. Yeah. Sorry, Aussies. Not, no, I'm not deliberately insulting you. It's just not great standard. The A League or the Indian Premier League. Oh, that's the football version, not the cricket that's version. That's a good show because that's where loads of random coaches go. You get like I think Owen Coyle's still There's over quite there. A few. David James was yeah, yeah. over there for a bit. I think. Wes Brown played <laughs> back end of his nice. career. Yeah. Absolute classics. Yeah, you scroll through that league every now and again, and you're just like, "How is how is he there still?" Okay. All right, folks. I guess that's it. Sorry to bring you a downer after a few weeks of being all positive. But and like, yeah, I get. I'm going to guess that the weekend game isn't on. If it is on, we'll do a pod after that. Otherwise, we'll be back next week after. United 2, FC Sheriff 1, touch wood. (laughs) Something like that. Bye now.